0: What does it mean to be a professional baseball player? The collective bargaining agreement, the agreement between the players and the clubs that regulates the two parties' relationships, defines an MLB player as someone on the active roster of a major league club. One day on a roster constitutes one unit of service time, and 172 days of service time in turn constitutes one year of professional baseball. Many recognizable baseball almanacs and encyclopedias, on the other hand, don't recognize someone as being a professional major league player until they have at least one major league plate appearance or have thrown at least one pitch. Without accomplishing either such feat, sites like Baseball Reference, as an example, have no individual statistics to track or record. In today's episode of Cancelled, however, we're gonna focus on a story that might make some of us rethink these definitions. And that story begins in 2006, when two rainouts forced the Philadelphia Phillies and Atlanta Braves to play two consecutive doubleheaders over the first weekend in September. Playing four games in two days left the Philadelphia Phillies rotation both overtaxed and underrested, and in urgent need of a spot starter. And just like that, the rain had giveth. On the Monday after the Phillies and Braves played two consecutive doubleheaders in Philadelphia, there was no rain at any point in the day in Rochester, New York. Indeed, on that evening of September 5, 2006, the temperatures were in the high 60s, even peaking in the 70s. It was a humid night, but the temperature was fairly typical for an early fall day in upstate New York. Brian Mazone was in Rochester preparing for the playoffs. But these weren't the playoffs that Mazone had spent his entire life dreaming of. It was September, after all, with the fall classic still several weeks away. No, the Southpaw was pitching for the Triple A Scranton Red Barons and his team was preparing for the International League playoffs. Brian Mazone was born in Mission Viejo, California in 1976, a city that averages just 13.9 inches of rain per year. Mazone went to high school at San Diego High School Academy, a school in the beach town of Encinitas where he played ball and where he graduated in 1994, a point in his life where he had dreamt of being drafted but was not. I was never handed the golden ticket, he said. Even in high school, I was never the hardest thrower. I just got things done. I was never the guy you'd go, holy crap, look at that guy. But it'd be the seventh inning, and we'd be up 3-0. After high school, Mazzone attended the University of San Diego, where he pitched for the Toreros. Mazone's fastball ranged between 85 and 88 miles an hour. Not particularly noteworthy for an up and coming starting pitcher. But he was a southpaw, making him instantly more valuable. And he was regarded as a crafty pitcher with potential. While Mazone wasn't earmarked as a star prospect, he was seen as a reliable lefty with considerable playing time for a D1 school in the West Coast Conference the same school-famed Cubs third baseman Chris Bryant and nearly two dozen other professional players attended. The young Southern Californian looked well-positioned to make a serious run at one day fulfilling his dream of playing in the major leagues. And on that humid night in Rochester in 2006, that dream looked like it was finally going to come true. Mazzone was focused on only one thing that week, succeeding in the playoffs. But unbeknownst to Mazzone, a series of circumstances were lining up to create a narrow pathway for him. It had rained the prior Friday night in Philadelphia on September 2nd, 2006, and so hard that the Braves-Phillies game that was scheduled to open the series had to be rescheduled that Sunday as part of a doubleheader. That doubleheader a matter of pure chance, landed on the same weekend that an earlier rainout from July between the same two teams was being replayed as part of a separate doubleheader. After the final game of the weekend lasted 11 innings, there was no rest for the wary as the Phillies opened another homestand against the Astros that Monday night. Playing Five games in three days meant that the Phillies' rotation, including pitcher Randy Wolf, who was supposed to pitch on Tuesday the 6th, was wiped. A starting spot needed to be filled. And after those stars aligned, Mazone heard the type of words he'd been waiting his entire life to hear, you're going to Philly. Mazone was 13-3 and with a 2.03 ERA that season for Scranton so it was not surprising that he'd earned a promotion. But baseball has a funny way of working itself out sometimes. Despite the impressive statistics, it was September, and this was the first time all season that Mazone had been given a real shot by the pros. When he finally received that call, it was around 8 p.m. that Monday night. He ran outside the P.F. Chang's in Rochester to take that call without the background noise of the restaurant. I had that thought that everything I'd done had been validated. All those hours, all that time away from home, the sweat, the blood, the tears, it was validated to myself, to my wife and kids, Mazone said, and I could stick my middle finger up at everyone who told me no along the way. Mazone broke down in tears as, he, as soon as he heard the news. And when Mazone walked back in to tell his family, his eyes streaming, His wife thought someone had died, but soon, too, she was crying tears of joy. Their son started crying, too, because he thought something was wrong. No, son, Mazone said. These are happy tears. Mazone called his parents, Keith and Teresa, who promptly joined their son, shedding tears of joy, celebrating the fact that their 30-year-old son, who had spent the past eight years nomadically journeying through all rungs of professional baseball, was finally getting his shot. Mazon's father, Keith, said he'd worked so hard. It was like, son of a bitch, he finally did it. It had been a long road for Mazone to earn that call on that fateful Monday night. After graduating from USD, Mazone was not drafted. In 1998, he was signed as a free agent by the Atlanta Braves. Mazone played one season for the Class A Eugene Emeralds, but put forth underwhelming numbers, going 1 and 6 with a 5.53 ERA before being released. Shortly after his uneventful stint with the Braves, Mazone went to spring training with the Red Sox in 1999, but once again, he failed to make the club. The following year, he went to camp with the Detroit Tigers, but again suffered the same fate. Running out of options, Mazone took a shot in the Independent Western League, taking a starting job for the Zion Pioneers. And in 2000, Mazone led the league in shutouts and finished fifth in complete games. Poised for an encore with another potentially breakthrough season, Mazone's hopes were dashed by a shoulder injury that off season, which shut him down for all of 2001. The memories of these struggles undoubtedly were racing through Mazone's mind after recovering from the overflow of tears that followed the news of his call-up outside that P.F. Chang's. After collecting himself, Mazone got a few things together and rushed to the airport so he could catch the next flight to Philadelphia. Mazone's wife, Amber, stayed behind that night, Brian and Amber had two young kids, Braden and Blake, and Amber couldn't exactly stop on a dime the way Brian could. Instead, she stayed behind in New York that night with their children, aiming to make the five-hour drive to Philadelphia the first thing the next morning. When Mazone was aboard that short flight to Philadelphia that night, he likely thought back to that shoulder injury that caused him to lose all of the 2001 season. He probably remembered how frustrated, how disappointed he was, especially after the flashes of brilliance he displayed the season before. But he also likely remembered how he persevered after that setback, returning to action the very next season and playing in the Northern League for the Gillette Jackhammers. And that year, Mazone had a rebound season, leading the league in starts, innings and strikeouts and that bounce-back season was so impressive that he was picked up by the Milwaukee Brewers, setting himself up the next season once again for a shot at pro ball. But the pendulum swung back yet again for the Southpaw, as he did not win a single game the following year with the Brewers' single-A affiliate. And Mazone was released shortly thereafter. Running short on options, he went back to the Jackhammers, where he finished the season. When Mazzone woke up, The next morning, in a hotel room in Philadelphia, he could see the rain. I remember standing at the window, the drapes open, just watching, he later recalled, of the morning in that hotel. When you see that kind of rain, you just know you're in trouble. His wife had a similar sinking feeling when, five minutes into her five-hour drive to Philadelphia, it also started raining, and continued to do so during her entire drive on the 476 South. I remember thinking, this is not good, she later said. He had so many ups and downs in baseball, it was like, of course this would happen. And as Mazone looked out the window that Tuesday morning, he probably remembered those ups and downs in his minor league career and how they continued during the remainder of his tenure with the Jackhammers. In 2004, Mazone finished first in the Northern League in shutouts in ERA and second in complete games. And those impressive numbers earned him a signing by the San Francisco Giants, who assigned him to their double-A squad, where his work soon earned him a call up to join the Giants' triple-A affiliates, the Fresno Gri- Grizzlies. But the following year, bad luck found Mazone once again, when after purchasing an over-the-counter supplement at a strip mall GNC, he tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug, earning him a 15-game suspension. And in 2006, having not obtained any traction with the Giants organization, Mazone then signed a minor league agreement with the Phillies. And Mazon was so effective in that role with his new organization that he was later recognized by one publication as the most spectacular pitcher in AAA. On that fateful day in September 2006, an eager Mazone got to the stadium around 1.30 p.m. Since Mazone first woke up that day, the rain had not relented. He was one of the first players to get to Citizens Bank Park that afternoon, nearly five and a half hours before first pitch. Mazone walked into the clubhouse and saw something he had waited his entire career to see. A jersey bearing the number 49, featuring his name, Hanging at the locker that had been assigned to him. Mazone was dressed in team-issued home white game pants and a t-shirt. He took in all the sights and sounds of the clubhouse experience. He walked by the coach's office, peered into the video room, and then walked through the tunnel to the dugout. The dugout, where he was scheduled to be sitting between innings during his first major league start later that evening, before he could fully see the field as he entered the dugout, Mazone could hear the rain, what would later be called loud splatters of dream-piercing liquid darts. When all was said and done, there was two and a half inches of rain that came down that day in Philadelphia, which was more than any other day in Mazone's career. I couldn't even see much, he recalled. But at that point, I really didn't care to get to that moment, Mazone had literally crisscrossed the country, playing on all rungs and in all types of baseball in order to get his shot. He went from Eugene, Oregon, to St. George, Utah, to Joliet, Illinois, to Adelanto, California, to Norwich, Connecticut, to Fresno, California, to Reading, Pennsylvania, and then finally to Scranton. And as Mazone took in the sights of the big league stadium, the luxurious clubhouse where no amenities were spared, his surroundings stood in stark contrast to the decidedly blue-collar life he had led in the almost 10 years he had spent working to get to that moment. While playing in the independent leagues, Mazone made approximately $3,000 per month and he had to work in the winters selling sporting goods and cleaning pools. And during some winters, Mazone was forced to go far away to play winter ball so that he could supplement his family's income. It had truly been a laborious and tumultuous course for Mazone to finally make it to that night of September 6, 2006. As Mazone reflected on his past that afternoon at Citizens Bank Stadium, while taking in every aspect of the moment, the rain would not stop. Finally, Mazone walked off the field, soaking wet, and walked back through the flooded dugout, down through the tunnel, and back into the clubhouse to look one more time at his locker. Mazone stared at his uniform. He knew he wouldn't make use of it in the midst of this persistent and ill-timed storm. But he pulled it off its hanger and enveloped himself in it, buttoning it up as if he were preparing to take the mound. And as Mazone sat there outside his first major league locker, partially suited up, the clock read about 5.30 p.m. And it was at that moment when team personnel grabbed his attention, telling him that it was time to come to the manager's office. In North America, most of the major team sports do not stop play due to rain. Football almost always plays through even the heaviest of rain or snow. And ice hockey and basketball are almost universally unaffected by weather, as virtually all of their games are played indoors but not baseball. And even then, rain does not automatically result in cancellation or postponement. Indeed, games are routinely played when there is a drizzle or a light shower. Under Rule 3.10 of the game's official rules, the manager of the home team is in charge of deciding whether the game should be canceled due to rain or other inclement weather before the game commences. And according to Rule 4.01, once the home team manager hands his lineup card to the umpire, the umpiring crew chief has sole discretion to decide if a game should go forward. Umpires are encouraged to see that games are played if at all possible, and some umpires have waited as long as three hours before declaring a rainout. The least rainouts in baseball take place right around where Brian Mazone grew up, in Southern California. For example, last May, the Angels had a game canceled due to rain, and it was only the 12th time that has happened at Angel Stadium ever. On the other hand, the most rainouts take place in the Northeast, or where Mazon was scheduled to pitch that night in September 2006. Indeed, between 2005 and 2015, the Red Sox, Yankees, and Mets had the most rainouts in baseball, totaling 83 for the decade, or just under three per team per season. But the nonstop rain that Tuesday night left no doubt in anybody's mind. The game could not be played. The game was canceled. That was one of the hardest, one of those conversations that I've ever had to do, said Ruben Amaro Jr., the Phillies' assistant general manager at the time. I remember being really emotional about it. You're basically changing someone's life. That cancellation meant that Randy Wolf, whose spot Mazone was scheduled to take, now had enough rest to pick back up his scheduled start the very next night. It meant that Mazone's window had closed faster than it had opened. Wolf later reflected, I'll never forget it. I remember seeing Mazone and saying, congrats and good luck. I mean, it's brutal. You have this moment that you've worked your entire career for, and it literally gets washed away. It's tragic. The cancellation also meant that Mazone had to contact his extended family that was en route to the game to let them know that he'd been sent back down to the minors just as fast as he had been called up and after getting the news Mazzone suspected he was going to receive since he first saw the rain that morning, that the game was canceled. Mazzone walked back to the clubhouse, picked his jersey up, and put it in a duffel bag, his lone keepsake from the experience, and left the stadium. Clay Condry, whose locker was right next to Mazzone's, later reflected, you're there, in the clubhouse, and then suddenly you're not. God gives you one life to live, and you're doing everything you can to get where you want to go, but, but that elevator just wouldn't go to the penthouse for Mazone for some reason. The Mazone family stayed in the same hotel room that night that Brian had stayed in the night before, prior to heading back to Rochester. And that night, Mazone stared out the same window where he first saw the rain. The storm just wouldn't stop. And just like that, the rain had taketh away. The next day, the Philadelphia Inquirer's sports section featured a headline, Rain Out Kills Major League Debut for 30-Year-Old Rookie. Manager Charlie Manuel was quoted as saying, This kid, he's had a big season. I'm sure it's disappointing to him, but he'll eventually get a shot. He'll eventually get to pitch in a game. Mazone added In this game, you've got to roll with the punches. This is a big one, but I'll be back. Both Manuel and Mazone, however, were wrong. Mazone never did get that shot, and he never made it back to the pros. Instead, Mazone went back to playing in Triple-A ball with the Phillies after his near miss with the big leagues. In May 2007, a patch of injuries left the Phillies once again desperate for help from a starting pitcher. Had these circumstances aligned just 1 month earlier, it certainly would have been Mazone that would have got the call. But Mazone literally days before those stars aligned, had signed a contract with the Samsung Lions of the Korean baseball organization. It was a difficult decision for the Mazzones, but after years of investing in his career with little payout, the $300,000 salary with the Lions was just too hard to pass up. His wife, Amber, said that although the deal took him out of the running for another shot at playing in the majors, it paid for our house and everything in it. Mazzone was later selected to the International League midseason All-Star team that season. In 2009, Mazzone took one last shot at pitching in the majors, signing with the L.A. Dodgers. He was literally one cut away from making the Dodgers roster out of spring training. He was on the verge of heading back to L.A. for a final exhibition game, this one at Dodger Stadium. But right before departing, he was diagnosed with a staph infection in his leg. Which required six weeks of rest and agonizing, twice daily flushing of the open wound. He had to stay back in Arizona as the team flew to LA. His window once again had closed. Mazon finished the season pitching for the AAA Albuquerque Isotopes that year. Ironically, at the midseason, he was traded back to Philadelphia, where he returned to the Phillies minor league organizations. In the spring of 2011, the difficult realities finally set in for the 34-year-old, and Mazone called it a career. He later reflected, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. Mazone now lives with his family in Encinitas, California, the same city he went to high school in, and a city with 26 inches less rainfall per year than the average city in America. Mazone now works as a medical supply salesman and is a celebrated coach in a local little league. In 2018, he later reflected, every now and then sitting on the couch watching MLB Network, I always have that, not regret exactly, not any sort of animosity, he said. It's more like, dang, what if I did get in that game? And what if I'd put up, I don't know, six scoreless innings or something? Just what if, I guess. In 2012, SB Nation announced the so called Brian Mazone All Stars, which went to the 25 best players who had never had their major league debut. And in 2014, Jay Paris told Mazone's story in the Coast News Group, an article that promptly went viral. And then again in 2018, Dave Scheinen told Mazone's story in the Washington Post, once again making Mazone a cult hero for a moment among baseball enthusiasts. And I'm just not sure why Mazone's story resonates so much with the few who have heard it. After all, according to Sabre Research, there are more than 200 players who are officially on MLB rosters, but never got into a game but few have stories that are even told by the most dedicated baseball fans. And according to Baseball Reference, there are 1,534 players who have only made one professional appearance, referred to as cup of coffee players. And other than Archibald Moonlight Graham, whose story was featured prominently in the movie Field of Dreams, no other players have really penetrated the public's consciousness. But for some reason, Mazone's story remains an esoteric cult classic, a secret password to get into conversations with the most remote baseball purists and romanticists. Maybe it's because it reminds us about one of the many reasons we celebrate sport and its players. Because for every Madison Bumgarner, there are 200 more players just like Brian Mazone waiting for their shots. Maybe his story reminds us why others are just so extraordinary. Perhaps because it is a reminder that life does not always have that storybook ending. Of course, everyone was waiting for that moment for Mazzone that would have felt like it was right out of a movie. Like in Rudy, when the emotional mascot of the team finally got that elusive playing time. But that moment never came. And so, our heart goes out to the left-handed pitcher that will always be wondering what if. And maybe it is because Mazone's story feels so unfair and reminds us that life is not always a meritocracy and because we all have a little bit of Brian Mazone in our own lives who amongst us can't remember the heartache after working our butts off to achieve something but just coming up short. There is heartache in Mazone's story that is all too familiar to all of us who have had a window close or an opportunity lost because of some uncontrollable externality when it was right there in our reach. But perhaps Mazone's story is especially meaningful to us right now, in this moment, as a different force of nature has closed windows for so many of us. So many members of our communities, after all, have had goals of their own that life just put on pause. Friends, Who had finally built up the courage to participate in an open mic night, or who were on the verge of proposing to loved ones, or who were well on their way through the support of local AA groups and meetings to lives of sobriety, all of which, just like that, were dashed without warning. Or more commonly, so many of us have friends and family members who have had their jobs that have been held honorably taken away for no just reason, other than a circumstance that is out of our hands. Maybe there is a piece of Mazone within all of us right now, as so many of our dreams have been interrupted by forces outside of our control. Or maybe it's just that through all the ups and the downs, Mazone has remained a down-to-earth, good-hearted guy. A member of the Little League coaching staff of which Mazone was a member later remarked, I continue to be amazed that there is zero bitterness with Brian. Instead, he looks at his experience as a gift to try and pass on to the kids. If there's an opportunity to help a kid, he's going to take it. For me, it might be that Mazon's story is a reminder that there is honor and dignity that can be attained through the process, even when the product isn't as glorious as we hoped. For while there are certain aspects of our life, that we just cannot and never will control, things that forces of nature may taketh. Qualities like perseverance, dedication, kindness, and humility will always be ours for the keeping. So, what does it mean to be a professional baseball player? Is it throwing one pitch or having one plate appearance? Is it measured by innings or outs or games or dollars or steals or service time? Maybe not. Maybe it's measured by heart, by what you give to the game. And if it is, Brian Mazone, whose name is not featured in any record books and whose canceled game in 2006 is not logged anywhere as professional service, is undoubtedly a major league player. Because during that 22-hour period from the elation associated with receiving that call outside P.F. Chang's to the devastation felt after being told the game was canceled the very next day and during the eight years he spent bouncing around the country in anticipation of that moment, Mazone gave the game everything he had. In a 2018 interview, Mazone remembered fondly when a friend told him in our eyes you are a big leaguer. Perhaps that friend was right.